Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez, two retired Los Angeles cops. Uh, lovers of our Lord Jesus Christ, faithful sons of the church, and uh, uh, also devotees of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The, the month of August is devoted to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, so make sure you're praying your rosary every single day. No excuses. Our Lady of Fatima called all of us to pray the rosary every day. No excuses. Armor up, pray your rosary every day. Eddie, we got a, 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 a guest today. I want to introduce him. We've got Dr. Doug Darnowski. Doctor, are you on with us? Can you hear us? Yes, yes I am. Thank you very much for having me on. Let me, have, let me introduce the doctor a little bit, what he sent me here. Dr. Doug, uh, he sent me the following, and I was very interested. I said, we need to get him on the show. You were a Catholic educator. You've been in the field of Catholic education for two to three decades. Uh, you've got a BS from Yale. You've got a PhD from Cornell. So you've got an Ivy League education. You've taught, you've taught students from pre-K to graduate school. Previously, you were a professor for 20 years, uh, leaving that because uh, giving honest opinions about the origins of COVID-19 and saying that Jesus Christ was a solution to the world's chaos. Uh, it, it, it brought you up on, on formal charges. They were dropped, but uh, you could see another attempt to get rid of you and, and starting, and so you left for other things. You were hired to be the principal of a small Catholic school in southern Tennessee, charged with making it Catholic, classical, more rigorous, more fervent. And then when you try to bring in the Baltimore Catechism for some of the grades to remove some bad books like Harry Potter, etc., and curricular materials, for example, uh, LGBTQ promoting materials for the grades one to four, uh, you got rid of those some long-time parish families had a fit obviously they were liberal modernists you lost your job for no cause and you and your wife <clears throat> had to pack up uh, your house with 15 kids six adopted internationally and some handicapped and you put it back on the market and you had a house near the school under contract but now you're basically scrambling to get a job and get your life back in order oh dr doug talk to us uh yeah that's a synopsis of what you send me Give us, give us the full, uh, you know, give give us the whole thing. Thank you, and thank you for having me on. So, yeah, the basic basic idea is I always thought that my vocation in life was to be a father and uh, of a large family, you know, be a husband, love my wife, and based on the opportunities and the aptitudes I had, I studied really, really hard. I was blessed to be able to go to some really terrific schools and, and learn a lot of stuff. I um, had my PhD. I'm a, a biologist, and um, about a year and a half ago, I stood up because um, basically I was teaching in a place where the other faculty wanted to keep the crazy mask mandate going even after our state dropped it. And they were hassling secretaries and janitors to sign a petition to keep it going. And I finally spoke up and I said, this is ridiculous. I said, normally it's hypocritical uh, you know, to do this when everybody's always talking about freedom and choice. And you, you're doing this to people who have no protection of like tenure. I said, China or, or, uh, engineered the COVID virus, used it over on the world. We continue to do so with its friend Russia, which I actually sent out 12 hours before the attack started on Kiev. 
We've got five kids adopted from Ukraine. And I said, in the end, the, the chaos in the world will only be solved by Jesus Christ. And I expected some blowback, but I didn't expect of the other 200 full-timers that nobody would even say, well, you know, academic freedom, he's got a right to say what he thinks. I did have a couple of people who were friends behind the scenes who kind of helped me when they brought me up on formal charges of racism uh, for saying the word China, uh, religious harassment for saying Jesus Christ, and ableism for saying I hated masks. Um, uh, they dropped those eventually, but I was warned that the, the powers that be there would try again, and I could see it starting, I thought. So we prayed a lot in front of the Blessed Sacrament, talked to my wife, talked to five different priests, and, and we finally said, no, let's get out of here and do something else. Founded an online uh, Catholic part trade, part academic uh, school called uh, St. Therese and Isidore Farm College, catholicfarmcollege.com. Um, did a number of other jobs, even taught uh, seventh grade science. Got a job as a principal in a small Catholic school, as I said, in southern Tennessee. And I had people walking up to me saying, we're rednecks down here. And I thought, well, if nothing else, people here, you think of the American South, you know, traditional values. They'll be happy if I tell them I'm removing some curriculum materials that are promoting LGBTQ stuff to little kids and swapping it out for something which costs one third as much, uh, gives twice as many faculty access, things like that. Uh, instead, they had a fit. They also were unhappy that I'd removed Harry Potter and some other witchcrafty, wizardy kind of books that I just, in good conscience as a Catholic, I said, I can't be in charge of the school and, and have these books in here. I left most of the books in the library and in the classrooms, but we changed some. And I had the pastor's explicit permission. He said, just do it quietly. And I did do it quietly, but there was so much gossip. They were also unhappy at that school that I had hired a male teacher, highly qualified, uh, loving Catholic, fervent Catholic father of a couple of uh, three kids. And, and I did a bunch of other things like this, gradually warn everybody, you know, it's going to be, we're, they hired me to make it Catholic classical, but we're going to take three years to do this. We're going to make everybody comfortable, actually make your lives easier. And the parents were incensed, uh, a group of them. They said, well, our kids are going to see this stuff at the public school, uh, eventually for high school. Well, we can't shield them from LGBTQ and all this other stuff. And I said, at the public school, they're going to offer them contraceptives. We're not going to do that either. And that, I, that logic went over like a lead balloon. I actually had the Protestants involved in the school who were more enthused. Um, I actually had a couple hours before we had this meeting on July 17th where I got beaten up for two hours. Uh, I had a Baptist family come in and I was talking to them. I said, well, you know, we're going to bring in the Baltimore Catechism in a few grades. And, and the lady was excited because when I explained that it dealt with the Apostles' Creed because she said, well, our Baptist church uses the Apostles' Creed. And I said, you know, and we talked, and she was excited that her child was going to have a male teacher, that we got rid of Harry Potter. She enrolled her kids within five minutes of hearing this wow. stuff. Wow. Um, so the Protestants were, 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 were thrilled. It was the Catholics who weren't, at least some of them, weren't very happy. And I even had a diocesan education official who had come down for this meeting on the 17th, mouthed to me at the end of the meeting, you're going to get your chance. And, well, you know, the, then they roped other people in, and the next morning, I guess, the decision was made to get rid of me. I don't blame the pastor there. I mean, he was, uh, when when I went in for what I thought was a budget meeting on the 19th and immediately heard I was being terminated, quote, for no cause, it says that in my letter. Um, you know, he said he hadn't slept the night before. He was on the verge of crying. The parish secretary was on the verge of crying. So I don't blame them, but it was just very sad. And it's sad because, you know, it was a wonderful technique that we were going to bring in. We we're going to make it more fervent. We we're going to protect kids from really garbagey stuff. Hey, and, Doug, uh, Dr. Doug, what, what state are you in? What, what state and what diocese is this in? So this was in the Diocese of Nashville in southern Tennessee. 
And what happened is we had packed up our house in, in southern Indiana near Louisville, Kentucky, had it on the market. We're under contract for a house in, in uh, northern Alabama near the school. And then uh, the whole thing fell apart. So our stuff had actually all of our 90 plus percent of our personal property was in Alabama in storage. So, you know, we're, we're very grateful because we were able to get a, a thing called Life Funder online, sort of a, a crowd fundraising thing where people were very kind. And we managed to raise enough money to, like, get our stuff back. In fact, it's sitting in our driveway in uh, big storage boxes. Um, and so we're trying to figure out what next, you know, where will God lead us? Where can I get a job? And if people want to go there, if they just go to Life Funder, it's all one word, L-I-F-E-F-U-N-D-E-R.com. Look up my last name, Darnowski. Darn, I hurt myself. Ow, I hurt myself. Ski, I was skiing when I hurt myself. Darnowski. Um, <laughs> they can find us there. They see a picture of my my wife and uh, our, our our fifteen kids. And so we're we're just trying to be cheerful about it and 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 you know see where God's leading us. But it's just it's just sad and it's crazy how the world is today, uh, even in Catholic education in some places. So where are you at right now, Dr. Doug? I mean, what, what what's uh, you're, in, you're an employed, you're looking for a job, you got another job. What are you doing right now? So basically what happened is I was blessed. I was able to get a temporary job in the local public school system doing a maternity leave. So I'm teaching seventh and eighth grade math. Um, and uh, they've been very kind to me at this place, but it's only a temporary job and it's only, you know, guaranteed for the 12 weeks of the maternity leave. So that plus some severance I got helps us. But I really need to find something solid, especially, you know, with five kids with Down syndrome adopted from Ukraine who have health issues. And so I'm I'm applying like crazy. But if anybody has ideas, higher ed, K through 12 suggestions, I've, I've put out a ton of applications. I've had a number of helpful uh, recommendations. But if anybody's got something, um, I, I'd love to hear about anything like that because, um, you know, I, I'll hustle. I've hustled my whole life. Give us, uh, give us the, the the name of the website again that people can help you out and uh, and, and support and help you with your cause, which is very worthy. Oh, it's wonderful! It's lifefunder.com. L i f e f u n d e r, all one word, all lowercase. dot com, and just look up our family name, Darnowski. Uh, darn, like darn, I hurt myself. Ow, I hurt myself. Ski, I was skiing when I hurt myself. Darn, ow, ski, <laughs> and we're easy right, we're right there to find. Hey, uh, well, Doctor Doug, what's um? I'm telling you, you, you could uh, you could write a story of of what you've been through. I mean, you could make a movie out of this. is It's like a horror story. I, I you're a victim of the cancel culture. You're you're a victim of uh, <laughs> of of everybody's worst nightmare. I mean, yeah. Doctor Doug, let me, let me mention something real quick. Justin and I do a spiritual warfare show here. And it just rings true to me that you've been rejected, renounced, and rebuked by all these uh, organizations, one of which is uh, a Catholic organization. Wow. Uh, what do you attribute it to? What do you attribute the, uh, what, what's happened to you? What do you think? Is it, could it be simple as being a, a catechist? Yeah. That, that there was not, not enough catechism uh, to these people? I, I, think we, I think our societies continue to slide, especially within the church, to the point where most people, you know, there are exceptions, but most people are kind of happy being nominal Catholics, or they don't really know their faith, too. I mean, we've been robbed from good education in the faith, most people, for a couple of generations now in this country. And, you know, especially when you poke topics like Harry Potter, because I know I was looking at the rundown of your shows. I mean, you've had Michael O'Brien on. Dr. Doug, and- hold that hold that set. Hold that thought. We'll be right sure. back. Stick around. Jesus 911, we're talking... Doug Darnowski. Stick around. We'll be right back. Now, 
back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. We're back, Jesus 911. We're here with Dr. Doug Darnowski. Sounds like a modern-day Job the prophet. The f- when I hear your story, I just think about I just think about the book of Job. I say, Lord, uh, something good is about to happen to Dr. Doug because uh, I mean, you, you talk about uh, reparation and 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 uh, making atonement for your sins and the sins of others. Boy, oh boy, they've taken you to the cleaners, Dr. Doug. Yeah. What's the website where people can go and help you uh, get back on your feet? It's Life Funder, all one word, all lowercase, L-I-F-E-F-U-N-D-E-R.com. And look up my name, Darnowski, Darn I Hurt Myself, How I Hurt Myself, Ski, I Was Skiing, I Want to Hurt Myself, Darnowski. Give us, once again, for maybe some people that are just tuning in right now, give us a quick overview of what you said, your education, uh, and uh, the way you've been just basically unjustly fired as a result of the fact that uh, you're, you're, you're a man of integrity, you're a man that speaks the truth to power, and you're fearless. I mean, you talk about the COVID jab. You talk about the fact that the world needs Jesus Christ. And for, and for saying such things which are absolutely true, you've paid, you've paid the price. Tell us a little bit about your story again for those just tuning in. Sure. The short version is uh, worked real hard in school, got degrees with honors from Yale and Cornell, became a biology professor, um, had got out of university where they tried to get rid of me because I spoke up about COVID and um, the origins of the virus and saying Jesus was the ultimate answer to the world's chaos. Uh, moved on some other things, had a job uh, all lined up and actually started it for 17 days as a uh, Catholic school principal in Southern Tennessee and uh, basically got terminated, quote, for no uh, cause. That's what my letter says. When I tried to make it Catholic classical, which was uh, what I was hired to do, it's a wonderful system where basically it's just very fervent. The faith is woven throughout different subjects. Kids still learn everything they're supposed to learn, uh, but in a, in, a, in a more solid kind of way. Try to bring in the Baltimore Catechism and kick out Harry Potter and things like that. And basically a group of parents had a fit and uh, I was gone. And so uh, we're getting our stuff back and trying to figure out where we're going to go with our life, where God is leading us. I've got uh, my wife and I, uh, who's a wonderful pro-life lady from Canada, um, have 15 kids, nine born to us, uh, six internationally adopted and handicapped. Five of them are from Ukraine, one's from China. Um, we've been really, really blessed. We have a lot of fun. Don't have a lot of sleep, but we have a lot of fun in life. And, uh, you know, it's Life's full of spiritual warfare, and and what you said about Job, at least there's no dunghill and there's no boils, at least yet, not yet. I have a small farm, though, so I'd have a dunghill, but I'm not sitting on it. <laughs> Eddie, you got a question for the good doctor? Doctor, uh, explain a little bit about your children. I mean, you have 15 kids. You said a little bit about where they came from, but uh, how many are your biological kids and how many are the others? I'm sorry. So, sure. Um, short version is basically my wife and I got married. And we both, what brought us together in part was that we really wanted to have a big family and we wanted to love little people and raise saints for God. Um, we couldn't get pregnant at first and then, then they, God blessed us a lot. Uh, we had uh, a boy and a boy adopt a little girl from China. Then we had a girl and a girl and twin girls and then twin boys and then a little girl. And she was so lonely, the youngest, because she wanted to be like her big sisters and help take care of people. She wouldn't let her older brothers learn to tie their shoes. Um, They were eight and a half before they learned because she jumped on their shoelaces every time they were loose. And we were looking at each other saying, well, you know, maybe we should adopt again. And And the kids were saying to us, we miss having little kids around. So we basically said, "Okay, at our age, size of our family, most places won't let us adopt. 
But um, Ukraine looked like a great option for us to do that. And so we talked to the kids and they said, yay, because we said, look, you guys have to be willing to take them with you after we die because we don't want them to go to an institution. And they were cheering and they were actually arguing over who would get who, that kind of thing. And so we said, okay. And so in 2020, we went over, adopted three kids with Down syndrome, uh, helped by a wonderful foundation in Louisville called Angels in Disguise and some other grants. And we started a small business making uh, purple scapulars that paid for about half the adoption. Um, my wife and I split the duties. It's, it's her business, but I helped some. And uh, we brought back three little guys. Um, and then uh, we realized that in part because our income went up because of the fundraising and the business, we would be allowed to bring back two more. And my wife said to me, let's do it. And I said, okay, great. So we went back, got two more kids with Down syndrome. And uh, so that's how we got the five from Ukraine in 2020 and 2021. And our biological children have been absolutely marvelous, plus our adopted Chinese daughter. They are so loving with these little guys. And in case people are saying, oh, you know, maybe it's just drudgery and like they're, they're little slaves. Our kids have a lot of fun. Our kids get to live on a farm. And they, I mean, I have daughters who fight over who gets to shoot the next sheep when we when we uh, kill <laughs> one for supper, um, literally. And uh, but they play, they swim. We do 4-H. You know, it's, it's fun, but it's really it's a it's a beautiful family we've been blessed with uh, through the grace of God. And um, and we just have a wonderful, wonderful life. Tell us again God the name of the website. You, yeah, God bless you, Doctor. For uh, your 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 reward is going to be great in heaven, man. You're 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 paying a price here, boy. Oh boy, you're taking a shellacking by the culture of death. But give us the website once again where people can help your worthy cause, the good doctor who's been canceled, uh, for just being a lover of Christ and being a faithful Catholic. So how can people help your your cause? They can just go to Life Funder, all one word, all lowercase, L-I-F-E-F-U-N-D-E-R.com. Look for Darnowski, darn, I hurt myself, ow, I hurt myself, ski, I was skiing when I hurt myself, Darnowski. And they'll find us there, and I really appreciate anything. And, you know, prayer is the first and most important thing, because prayer is way more important than the material things, though it's also good to be able to, you know, uh, take care of the bills and take everybody to the dentist when they need to. Absolutely. Uh, so what's... Uh... What's in the future for you? I mean, what are you working on right now uh, to, so basically, to better your situation? I have this temp job. Um, I also have this uh, this CatholicFarmCollege.com. And if people want to take a class there, that would be wonderful there. We have all kinds of range of things, farm-related stuff, basic academics. We even have epidemiology by a, by a really terrific epidemiology professor who uh, was one of the few people who could see the truth about COVID. And she's got two courses on there people can take. Um, I'm applying for both, you know, higher ed, but K to 12 jobs all over the place and seeing where God will lead us. If people have suggestions, that would be absolutely wonderful. Um, and, uh, we're going to, we're going to go and, and trust God, but also, you know, as it says, work as if everything trusts, uh, depends on you and then pray as if everything depends on God. And we'll just see where we end up. You must have a, a wonderful wife. I mean, boy, oh boy, you guys have been on a roller coaster ride together and here you are. I mean, the grace of the sacrament of matrimony has kept you guys together. Uh, let me just deviate a little bit, uh, since you're an expert in this area. You saw right. I, I mean, I, I'm a lay person, but I wasn't fooled with this whole COVID nineteen and the lockdowns. I knew this. I knew this was ginned up uh, by some very bad people. A collusion between the, the CCP and some bad people in this country, including Fauci. Uh, and I just, uh, I, I knew this. That this whole thing was a big ruse. About uh, you know the, you know getting the vaccines and uh, I, I just something smelled fishy in Denmark. Did you know pretty much early on that this was something that uh, uh, it was out of the globalist reset playbook? 
I, yeah, I was number one. The schools that I went to made me extremely suspicious of this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I went to school with the kind of people who are the prominent people in this world today. And, and I know the culture that they come out of. And so number one, I don't trust a lot of those kinds of things. Number one, number two, you know, my, I might have a very broad background in biology. Uh, my PhD is in plant biology, but I've written material for 20 nursing and emergency medicine books. So, I mean, I've done the whole gamut of things and the numbers didn't make sense. And if you look at the literature of, you know, for example, making a uh, vaccine against any kind of vaccine, even a traditional ethical one against the um, Covaridae, which is the family that COVID-19 comes out of, but also includes a lot of other things like the common cold. It's always a disaster. It has been for a long time. And you just scratch the surface. Anybody could go in and look online. And so you have this thing, which looks like, you know, for children, young people, even people my age, I'm in my fifties, it's not a big danger. You know, if you're 80 years old, okay. But then again, if you're 80 years old, influenza can kill you. And that goes around every year. And so suddenly we had this huge push and all this pressure. And I can't go to the grocery store and buy two gallons of milk for my kids in the middle of this thing at the local big box grocery store. They literally would not let my wife and I get in line behind each other and each buy one gallon of milk at one point. Wow. This is nuts. This is nuts. And then if you look at the science, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I don't have to go. Yeah. My favorite term for it is the dead baby clot shot. Because, you know, let's face it, somewhere in the development of all those shots, except maybe the Polish one, but certainly all the ones in North America and Europe, uh, rest of Europe, you had involvement of either human fetal cell lines for testing or something like that, or you had those hideous humanized mice that are made up in um, uh, Saskatchewan. You know, you've got a tiny city in Saskatchewan, 300,000 people with uh, 17 abortion clinics plus hospitals that do abortions. And that's where they are literally aborting between 17 and 20 weeks on purpose because they can then cut out the, the lungs and the thymus from the babies, implant them into immune deficient mice. And that's how they not only uh, got uh, the mice for doing some of the testing, but that's also where Regeneron comes from. If you have a human monoclonal antibody therapy, like the, some of the ones for, for COVID, but also a lot of other uh, therapies that are coming along, they have to be made starting with an abortion. Uh, there's a lot of material out there about that. It's absolutely grisly. It's worthy right. of Mandela and the Nazis. Well, doctor, I'm glad you're on our side. Tell us one more time how people can help your worthy cause. This man has uh, 15 children. He's uh, trying to become gainfully employed and doing the right thing, but he keeps getting canceled because of his orthodoxy, because of his fidelity to the gospel of Jesus Christ as a Catholic man. How can people help your cause, doctor? They go to lifefunder, all one word, all lowercase, L-I-F-E-F-U-N-D-E-R.com. Look for Darnowski. Darn, I hurt myself. Ow, I hurt myself. Ski, I was skiing when I hurt myself. Darnowski. They'll find our fundraiser on there. They can donate. Pray. Take a class from Catholic Farm College, all one word, all lowercase.com, catholicfarmcollege.com. Just pray for us and make suggestions for jobs. I really appreciate it. Thank you, and God bless everybody. And thank you for all you do. And for you, like things like your wonderful book, um, uh, The Devil in the City of Angels. My whole family's really enjoyed that, everybody who's been old enough to read it. Doctor, tell us a little bit about, um, uh, once again, your backgrounds in case uh, somebody out there that's looking for somebody with, yours, with your skill set. Uh, give us your, your, your background once again. So I have my bachelor's in biology with honors from Yale, PhD uh, in plant biology from Cornell. I've written for 20 books in nursing and emergency medicine, a pile of other textbooks. I've even written for sociology, psychology. Uh, I've done tons of freelance writing. I've written for a popular audience, uh, uh, write, uh, do things like that. I've done some administrative work. You name it, I'll hustle for it. I have my whole life and have to take care of all those little people that I love very, very much. 
Uh, Eddie, you got a question for the good doctor before we, uh, before we let him go? You know, doctor, I'm just thinking we could probably have you on later to get into the epidemiology portion of what you were saying. Very, I find it very interesting. And, and, you know, a lot of us suspected things were not right. We just couldn't put our, uh, our hands on it. But you're, you make it clearer when you speak about it. So I'd like to have you on. Uh, uh, at a later date for to go over some of the other stuff too. That I think that'd be perfect. Absolutely. That'd be wonderful. And I have a really terrific epidemiologist I could probably get to come on with me, who's somebody who can who could who saw the whole thing from the beginning. She's really wonderful, kind of person who goes to meetings and get hugs from Dr. Malone and uh, you know wow. other doctors like that everybody knows about. So yeah, wow. really wonderful pro life lady. So give us Very one more good. give us give us the website one more time. How can people help Dr. Doug Jarnowski, who's uh, who's our modern-day Job. He's been, uh, let's just say, he's been screwed over by the system. How can people help you, my friend? Lifefunder.com, all lowercase, all one word, L-I-F-E-F-U-N-D-E-R.com. Look for Darnowski, Darnowski, and you'll find us, and really appreciate it. Thank you, and God bless. Doctor, thank you very much. We'll have you on. Uh, keep, the, keep the faith, my friend. Uh, I'm going to have everybody that's listening to the show uh, offer your 12 noon angelus for Dr. Darnowski and his family. Offer your 12 noon angelus today for this good man who's been canceled by the culture of death. Thanks, doctor. Have a good day. God bless you, my friend. God bless. God Thank bless. you very much, both yep. gentlemen. Bye. Yep. We'll be back talking about spiritual warfare next two segments. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Eddie, we just, we just uh, talked to a, uh, a modern white martyr. Uh, Dr. Doug amazing. It, it, yeah. You know, what happened to him is what happened to a lot of the priests uh, that we've heard about. Because uh, he has been uh, renounced by the... Uh, by the culture, it's it's terrible. It's and you know what? He's suffering for it. He's going to get paid off later for it. But it's incredible what they're going through. Yeah. Uh, again, Jesus Christ said, "Blessed are those who are persecuted for my namesake, uh, for they shall be called the children of God." This man has been persecuted. He's an educator, highly educated. He has all the proper credentials, but because he doesn't toe the uh, the modernist line, the liberal line, he's paying a price for it. And uh, it's not like if uh, uh, this guy's just got a generous heart. All these kids that he's adopted from overseas, this guy just uh, has a love for children, a love for life. But boy, oh boy, this this culture of death, especially under Joe Biden, it's gotten worse for Catholics and pro-lifers. Eddie, it's uh, Joe Biden, I have to say, he's the most anti-Catholic president in my lifetime, bar none. Yeah, Jason, you know, we could tell that that the evil one is just, working on this guy, trying their best to, to get him to uh, relent and, and move away from uh, the troubles of his family. But you know what? He's a good Catholic, uh, Justin. Like him, we should also take courage that we should just remain with Jesus no matter what happens. Yeah, exactly. No matter what. Yep. Hey, Eddie, let's, let's pick it up on our last two segments here. Going back to uh, Father Chad Ripperger's method of, uh, of bringing healing to somebody who's diabolically afflicted. There's a book that just came out. It's called The Liver Crystal Method by Dr. Dan Schneider. It's called A Field Manual for Spiritual Combat. And we left off on, uh, on it. we're going through this book. It's just so, it's just so incredibly uh, 
filled with, with good spiritual warfare information. We left off on page 12. It's the section called uh, Overview Slain Your Giants. Dr. Dan writes here. He says, uh, I'll pick it up from the sentence at the beginning. He says, the demon will I'll take it from page 11, the bottom of page 11. The demon, meanwhile, will obfuscate to prevent that flow of grace. He employs various tactics, hiding, trying to convince you to stop praying, tempting you to return to your sins and destructive behavior, etc. Demons particularly hide, according to Father Ripperger, in areas of weakness, all the while probing and testing the limits to see what they can get away with. Thus, you can unmask the demon by a thorough penance, the development of virtue, good mental hygiene, and learning how to reject, renounce, and rebuke the vices and spirits which afflict your soul. Note the inner logic of this formula as it increases in severity according to the intentionality of the penitent. In dealing with any vice or spirit, four things you have to remember. Number one, separate yourself from it with an act of the will. Number two, cut yourself free from any entanglements due to your participation with it. Number three, address it directly and cast it away in the name of Jesus Christ and from the authority given by God the Father over your own body and soul. Number four, once a demon and and concomitant vice, spiritual defect, is uncovered, you now reject, renounce, and rebuke finally, and, and, and to allow the grace to then do its work. As St. Paul wrote, for freedom Christ set us free, so stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery, Galatians 5.1. Your time of enslavement ends when you decide to do whatever it takes to get free. At no time, however, are you, here, here's what's important, Eddie, are you a passive recipient You must remain vigilant and active in your own liberation. To paraphrase the words of St. Augustine, God who created you without you will not save you without you. Eddie, that reminds me of people that just want to go and get prayed over. I'm going to go to a prayer group and just get prayed over because this person has the gift of driving out demons and the gift of healing. So they get there passively. They do nothing with their act of the will. They're not trying to pursue a life of holiness. They just want to go there on Tuesday night, sit there on a chair, and have somebody pray over them to make them feel good, emotionally, give them spiritual consolation. But they're not going to change their life. They're not going to amend their ways. They're not going to return to the sacraments to a life of purity and prayer. They Again, it goes back to what we talked last time. A lot of Catholics look at healing and deliverance like white magic. I just got to go to this priest or this lay person. They have the gift. They're going to say some words and I'm going to feel better. Eddie, that's witchcraft. That's white magic. Catholicism is, is ground and pound. The priest, uh, the, the, the team is involved in prayer, but the person, 100% an act of their will, they must cooperate to try to live a clean, holy, pure life so they can break the diabolical chains. Yes, well, you're describing essentially a sloth. You have these people who have veered off the path of sanctity and they've, they've gone uh, to, to, the, to the dark side. Now they're oppressed or 
or obsessing with something if they're not fully possessed. And what they want is somebody else to do the work. They want to they want to sit back and not be involved in just this is very inspiring here to be to be first of all before you get uh, into a situation where you're either oppressed or, or obsessed to to be uh, a strengthful with the faith to be powerful to have that fear of God that courage that we're given in confirmation to 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 do that but not not only that but once you do veer from the path and and you're on uh, uh, this this satanic thing you're gonna have to work twice as hard now. And uh, a lot of people don't want to do that, Jess. A lot of people just want to sit back and and, uh, and and feel good, but it doesn't going to happen that way. It's not, it doesn't ever happen that way. It's just like Dan said right there. You, the person who's diabolically afflictive cannot be a passive spectator. They can't. It's like, oh, I want to run the marathon, but I'm just going to watch people work out. And just sit here and and, and drink uh, you know drink soda all day on the couch and watch TV. I'm I'm, I'm going to watch people work out, but I plan on running the marathon. No, you're not going to run the marathon unless you're actively training for it. And it's same thing, Eddie, with spiritual warfare. A lot of people again, go ahead and pick up the next uh, paragraph uh, on page thirteen. Sure. Yeah, this is the have your musket clean as a whistle, and your hatchet scored. It says, before a soldier learns guerrilla tactics, he must first master the basics of soldiering. Lest we get ahead of ourselves, let the reader be reminded that, uh, that conversion is the first movement of a person seeking healing and liberation. As Father Amorth affirms about the importance of conversion, the, the efficacy of the exorcism is more directly related to the willingness to convert. Okay? It says that uh, willingness to convert... Than, than to the exorcism itself. This is a repentance and metanoia precede liberation. We learn from this the words and deeds of Jesus. An astute reader of the Bible notes the significance of the first words and the first actions of Jesus. His first words to begin his public ministry should give us pause. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That the kingdom of God is the church is shown uh, is shown in Jesus' first deeds, where he can call the first disciple Peter and his brother Andrew, "Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men." That's in Mark one. Then, as if he is showing those disciples and us what the bringing about of the kingdom of God will look like, he immediately teaches, notably with such authority that it is not only that it not only creates astonishment in his listeners but also evokes a manifestation by a person, by a possessed person. Jesus then immediately performs an exorcism. Uh, that's Mark 1. In fact, his first day of public ministry, he was, uh, was comprised of with preaching, which led to an exorcism and healing and more driving out of demons. Thus, we can suggest the pattern of the appropriation of the gospel message in the church's uh, missionary activity. Repentance and belief in the Petrine ministry, teaching and uh, deliverance from evil spirits. I read somewhere else, Eddie, that uh, just about 25% of our Lord's public ministry was involved in driving out demons. 25% of, of our Lord's public ministry in three years was an exorcism. It says, Christ uniquely equipped the 12, that is the apostles, to continue these three duties of teaching, exercising and healing 
in what eventually became known as a threefold munera proper to the ordained priesthood. A munis is a duty, office, or obligation, and Christ imposed this threefold duty upon the hierarchy of the church, bishops and priests, to bring about the kingdom of God, often amidst diabolic resistance. The demon recognizes this, whether we do or not. We have encountered many priests, however, who are reluctant to engage in deliverance ministry for fear of retaliation. Quite simply, if a priest hears confessions, baptizes and preaches, he's already in the deliverance ministry because the power and the authority of the kingdom of God continues through the agency of the church. By performing the ordinary duties of his priestly ministry, therefore, the Catholic priest leads many souls to self-deliverance. Thus, we will often counsel you to see your parish priest because the pastoral and sacramental care of the local parish is where the graces of healing and self-liberation are dispensed. Yeah, this is a, a huge area of concern um, because the parish priest is your, he's the general practitioner. And it's just like anything, before you go see a cancer specialist or any other type of specialist, you've got to see the, you've got to see the general practitioner so they can recommend you. A lot of people shop around, go from one priest to another, and they bypass their own pastor. Your pastor has spiritual authority over you. And so if you're shopping around and going to other pastors, the, the, here, here's the problem is the, the, according to canon law, the pastor has spiritual authority over everybody in his parish. And so anybody who's afflicted has to go to their pastor first, first. And most people don't do that. And uh, that's uh, people are just uh, uh, running roughshod over the lines of authority. We'll be right back. Jesus 911, two man car. We'll continue talking about the liber crystal method. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car. We're talking about the Liber Crystal method, which is a method that was devised by Kyle Clement and Father Chad Ripperger on how to bring healing and deliverance from people that are diabolically afflicted. But this method, what makes it different from other methods being used, is that the person who's diabolically afflicted, they make the person actively participate in their healing. They're not passive spectators. That's the big difference. With this method, uh, Eddie, you want to pick it up from there? Yeah, just you know, real quick, I just wanted to mention, you know, the the uh, previous uh, paragraph that you read talks about the priest. If he's uh, hearing confession, baptizing, and preaching, he's already uh, participating in the deliverance ministry. Yep. This is the situation too, Jess. Is that is that some of the priests were never taught this about being a. Uh, 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 exorcists or deliverance priests no they're, they're a lot of them don't have the information to be able to do this so uh you have the whole situation that that not only are they afraid of retaliation but some of them are not aware of how to proceed with this uh with this type of uh, ministry yeah eddie you're right um i talked to monsignor rossetti who's the exorcist from washington dc uh he's also got a phd in psychology he's very educated he's got he got two phds and he's the exorcist of Washington, D.C. He told me, he said, um, after 1965, 
no seminaries teach anything on spiritual warfare. And so the the only priests that know anything about spiritual warfare and deliverance are those that have continued to study on their own after seminary or or send themselves put themselves through the through the two-year course over at the Pope Leo the 13th Institute. But this is no longer taught, Eddie. Everything we're talking about here is not taught in the average seminary post-1965. Yeah, yeah just, I mean, you just look at the amount of uh, people, for example, the Los Angeles has doing this, um, and it's very minimal, right? It's, I think that, I don't even think there's one person per region in Los Angeles. So I think that uh, this is what we, the church has to get back to, Jess, or we're going we're gonna to lose this whole fight against the, the evil one. But let's go on here. Yeah. Uh, it says, the goal of this program, then, is to immerse you in the threefold missionary activity of the church where grace is dispensed. As Catholics, our participation in the life of God has a bodily, sacramental, and liturgical aspect to it. Why? Man is a body-soul comp- composite. That is, the human soul is united to the human body, and man acquires knowledge of sensible things through the uh, bodily senses. This body-soul nature of man is that which is that which renders us capable of union with God who took on human flesh. That's the beauty of it, Jess. First of all, this is dispensed through the seven sacraments. And so we all we all we have to understand what, what that is. Uh, when it's when it's dispensed by the sacraments, uh, we understand that is grace. That's how we receive part of God's divine life in heaven. Yep, and uh, without without grace, a person's not going to be healed. Uh, and and that's I see a lot of people, especially like amongst Hispanics and Philippines, in a lot of deliverance ministries, they're praying over people, Eddie, that are in objectively in mortal sin. You're not you're somebody who's in objective mortal sin is never going to be healed of diabolic affliction. I mean, you may get a reaction, you may get some movement, you may get some manifestations, but there's not going to be healing until the soul is clean and is and is reoriented back to God the Father through Jesus Christ in the sacraments. And so uh, you see in a lot of places, a lot of uh, deliverance ministries, you can just see people, it, it looks like jumper cables, getting a positive and a negative jumper cable and putting them together you see sparks flying from the person because they're praying over them in the name of Jesus, but there will be no deliverance. There, there may be, you know, some extraction. And, and the definition of extraction is uh, you may have one or two lower level demons that may be extracted, you know, like forcibly pulled out. But there's not going to be any liberation uh, until the person returns to the sanct to the to the sacraments, which provides sanctifying grace. Again, with this is just basic Catholic theology. Without sanctifying grace in the soul, without friendship with God, without a right relationship with God, and the removal of mortal sin, the person is still going to be subject to diabolical affliction. That's it, Jess. That's what we're dealing with today. That nobody, first of all, knows that, and very few, even few, far more are willing to go through with it all the way. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll start off. Uh, it, it's uh, chapter one. It says renunciation of evil influences. Uh, the Bible verse Dan has here, Sirach 47 verse three, David played with lions as though they were 
as they were young goats and with bears like lambs of the flock. In this section, we discuss the occult and other areas where the demon Goliath operates. As Catholics, we believe that each person will get his body pack, body back in a glorified form in heaven, while the damned also suffer bodily torment in hell. Thus, the nature of curses, whether Freemasonic or other forms of witchcraft, always involve bodily rituals. For this reason, we'll explain in some detail how curses work, what makes a person vulnerable to them, and how to get out from the, beneath their effects. To be clear, our base armor, which protects us against curses and other wiles of the devil, are the uh, sacraments. The, demons attacks, the demon attacks the sacramental construct, and we will explain how the, sacramental, the sacraments work for our protection against evil. <clears throat> a soldier must conform his body, his will, and his intellect to the task of soldiering. The tasks of a spiritual soldier are no different. Many who are afflicted by evil spirits think they need the right, the, the right prayer or the, moist, or the most anointed exorcist to drive off the demon so that they can experience normalcy again. That is, they seek a quick fix that focuses on the cessation of pain and a return to a better quality of life rather than holiness and union with God. Not only is this mindset real, unrealistic, but also it often prolongs affliction to the extent that true metanoia or a conversion of heart, is delayed. In fact, most who seek help from spiritual affliction have never learned to pray or have never applied any spiritual rigor on themselves because of the short-term pain it causes. Again, Eddie, we've talked about it. A lot of people that are diabolically afflicted, all they want is for the pain to go away. They don't want to change their life. They don't want to change their life. They don't want to return to a life of, of holiness and a life of a friendship with God. All they want is for the pain to go away. And uh, that's, uh, again, that's just, an, that's just an immature way of looking at all of this. And, you know, just like we said before, once you veered from the path of, of, of the sacraments and, and now you're living a life on your own uh, with uh, alleged freedom, that's when people need to realize there's no easy way out of that. You, there, there's, only, there's only tough, rigorous... Catholic spiritualism yeah. that yes. will that will help you, and therefore a lot of people are not willing to do it, like it says here. But um, that's 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 the sad part of this, Jess. Is you see people just in a at their wit's end trying to come back to normalcy, and unfortunately for them, it's not going to happen. That's right. Apart from uh, apart from the seven sacraments, apart from sanctifying grace, it's impossible for the soul to to be brought back into a proper relationship with God. Eddie, you want the next paragraph? Yeah. For this reason, we propose a medical model, which is designed to address the spiritual and psychological wounds that linger from your past so as to begin the healing process. It says, uh, see Appendix A for an overview. Anyone who has undergone physical therapy knows that a muscle must be loaded and given resistance, sometimes even pushed to its limit, so as to gain the strength needed to heal itself. Uh, while leaving a wounded muscle alone may avoid temporary pain, it will eventually atrophy and require more and more pain management. The right use of therapy, although painful <clears throat> at first, will eventually remove pain and restore mobility. Uh, mobility. In, in many cases, a discipled regimen of physical therapy will eliminate the need for pain, uh, medicine, or even surgery. Most people further uh, the problem by living a 
in a perpetual state of spiritual pain management through the self-medication of drugs and alcohol, worldly distractions, illicit sex, and other such things. Quite frankly, you may be that person who is getting, who is guarding and self-medicating a deep wound in such a way. The demon who is feeding off it quite, uh, is quite content. In military parlance, you are the walking wounded, but it's time to get back into the fight. That's it, Jess. I mean, a lot of these people have no idea what they're doing to themselves. It's not a curse. It's not some witchcraft that's taking place, but they are doing it themselves. They're getting deeper, deeper into this hole. And either way, you have to climb out of it. That's that's a difficult do. Yeah. And uh, again, it's uh, and, and that's why, again, it, it, it does uh, this medical model of teaching the people through phase one and phase two, uh, a life of prayer, catechizing them. Again, uh, the life of prayer reconnects them back to God. Catechesis makes them show, teaches them how important it is to live in a state of grace and to return to God. So once you go to phase one and phase two, Father Chad Rippergard and his team say 90% of their cases, 90% of the cases uh, self-deliver. Once a person returns to a, 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 a steady diet of a prayer life, of, of a constant organized prayer life, and once they start getting catechized, the Ten Commandments, the Seven Sacraments, uh, just the, you know, the seven deadly sins, just the basics of the faith. And once they have an intellectual understanding of this, uh, most people, 90% of the people that contact Liber Christo self-deliver. And uh, once again, it goes to show you that, that people can do it, Eddie. They just have to be shown how to do it. And uh, I thank God for uh, this manual that came out by Dr. Dan Schneider because it takes people... It takes a person who's diabolically afflicted uh, to, through phase one and phase two, and it shows them how to self-deliver. Jesus wants to deliver us. He's, he came to set us free, and, and this program t- takes a person by the hand, and it shows them how to do it. It's not easy. Don't get me. It's not easy, but uh, it'll be worth it at the end. Any comments? Yeah, Jess, you know, and, and to be honest, what this Libra Crystal method does, it, it gives us the easy out. Because it's much harder to go through a, a year worth of uh, exorcism, uh, right, than to self-deliver yourself. It's very beautiful to be able to do it on your own, to know that you defeated the uh, uh, the devil's attempts to, to enslave you. That's basically what it is. Exactly. And it gives you, it, it, it empowers you knowing that, wow, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, through the sacraments of the church, the prayers of the church, and, uh, and doing what Holy Mother Church says. Uh, I can self-deliver. Hey, we'll continue this next Monday. Every single Monday, we're doing this. Uh, stick around. Up next, hands-on apologetics with Gary Machuda, the big guy, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for us, we are out. EOW, end of watch. See you, see you next Christ time. God bless you. Keep the faith.